How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm really good. You know, I've I've set the vibe here. I've got some incense going. I've got oh, candles. Yes. <laughs> oh, you did the same thing? <laughs> I literally did the same thing. I like lit into candles and incense. <laughs> that is hilarious. I mean, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just need that, right? Sometimes you just need to set the scene, set the vibe, get comfortable, and you're kind of good to go, no? It's so true. So, so tell me, like, how do I pronounce your name? Is it Stevona or Stevona? What is it? It's Stevana. Stevana. Oh, it's even more beautiful than I thought it was. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Stevana. Um, Stevana. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Thank you, first of all, for um, being open to join me on the Texture Lounge and be our muse, actually. I'm super excited about this. Um, I have to say, a friend of mine, I saw her post, well, she posted an image of herself wearing. Um, the black women are for grown-ups um, sweater. And yeah. I saw it and I was like, I need that in my life. I need it in my life today. And and that's the kind of person that I am. When I want something, like I can't wait. I need it now. I rushed over to your website um, and I tried to purchase it, but it was sold out. And I was like, damn, how is this possible? Well, I clearly I know why it's possible. It's super popular when you brought them back in, she sent me a message on Instagram saying, um, oh, they're live. Make sure you go get them now. They're going to get, they're going to sell out again. So this is a friend of mine called Nicole. Um, so I'm going to shout her out. And she basically is the person that created this path to the conversation that you and I are having tonight. So thanks, Nicole. <laughs> yes. I love Nunu. Mm-hmm. So She's so mm-hmm. phenomenal. I want to share with um, the Texture Lounge re- uh, listeners who you are, um, just the just the top line headers. So you are for sure, Stevana is for sure a womanist writer that you need to know. If you don't know about her, <laughs> Google her at the very least, okay? Everyone knows how to do it. Um, she is an advocate for black culture and womanhood. She has a master's uh, degree in teaching from Louisiana College. And she's also based in New Orleans. That's where all the cool people are. If I'm, if I'm honest with myself, anyone that I've ever met that lives in New Orleans, they're just, they're just too, too cool for school. So I'm putting you in that, in that <laughs> box over there. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good. Um, and then Stevana also set up Black Women Are For Grownups. Um, as a foundation, as a digital campaign. And the whole goal around that, from what I have learned, is all about elevating and celebrating us beautiful black women. And I guess the last call out is that uh, she's also been celebrated by Refinery29 as one of 20 black women that you need to know right now. So as a result of that, Stevana, welcome to the Texture Lounge. Thank you. This is the best welcome ever. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try. I try to make everyone feel comfortable. I do. I do. So, okay. Tell me, tell us, give us the lowdown. Tell us a little bit about Black Women Are For Grown Ups. Yes. Um, Black Women Are For Grown Ups was an idea between my friends and I. So, I mean, we were just on three way and I'm not even sure if other people really still do that, but it was 2016. <laughs> Um, and it was the spring of 2016 and we were just kind of on three-way talking about how we really wanted 
there to be a kind of campaign and or movement that really kind of celebrated the journey of black womanhood. And I noted that I thought that there were a lot of really great campaigns, but they all kind of, they all called black women girls. And, mm. and not in a negative way. I think it was more so colloquial. Like, I mean, say, hey, girl, what are you doing today? Hey, home girl. You know, oh, like, I see. I think it was more so that was the vibe. But okay. I really just felt like, you know, I think that if you're a black woman, the world probably tried to get you to grow up way faster than you should have when you were a black girl. And now we're actually like women and I want to be called a woman, you know? Mm. And Me too. Uh, yeah. I want to be called a woman and I want to be treated like a woman. And I think that language is really important given that, you know, I'm a writer, but I wanted to do something that I thought would spread faster. So my friends and I were ideating and we talked about an article. There was this article that was called Black Wives Are for Grownups or something like that. It, it was like a boss-up article a long time ago. Okay. And it's boss-up, so we also don't even know if it's actually true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so true. That's like no shades of boss-up, but just honest. You know? Facts. <laughs> it was, I actually thought the article was quite ridiculous. It was about like white millionaires who uh, white millionaires who were saying that black women were the perfect wives for them and they were all like these white male millionaires and Ugh, I knew I, it I really disliked it I thought it was really icky um but I loved the fact of thinking about like grown-ups and and what that meant and it made me really think about like one you don't have to be a wife to be a grown-up <laughs> like, yep <is> that <laughs> And I was like, I think I want to flip this. I think I want to think about what black women are for grownups could mean. And, and I really like had this really passionate conversation with my friends in which we all just kind of felt like, yeah, we do deserve to say that we deserve like beautiful things in the world. And we deserve a world that responds to some of our trials and tribulations, but also like celebrates our triumphs. Mm -hmm. And we thought that it took it a step further by saying like, who are the people who are actually our allies in this? Like, who are the people who are actually gonna ride for us? And I really thought that that was a beautiful thing. And now like we decided to put shirts out. I was like, we'll probably sell like a hundred. Y'all, let's just put these shirts out. <laughs> and then we were like, yeah, let's put some shirts out. And now I promise you, we've literally sold thousands of shirts like all over the country and goals it's actually insane goals uh, and i know it was it's kind of wild and i'm still not in the shirt business people ask me all the time like do you have a clothing line and i'm like nope i don't you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm just a writer who wanted to put something on a shirt that everyone could access and yeah being both an educator too it's like you know i know what the literacy rates are in a lot of our communities right and like Everyone's not going to sit down and read Sula Toni Morrison, although mm -hmm. I enjoy it. Everyone's not going to do that. But I still think that women deserve to, like, be celebrated in public space. Black women deserve to have, like, our, our kind of, our kind of, like, roar, you know, written on a shirt or written in the street. Like, I think that that's, like, really important. And so I wanted to do something that was a simple reminder for everyone across social economic levels 
across literacy levels, like something that everyone could pick up and really be into if, if they were about it, you know? So the t-shirts like have just taken off and it's really exciting to see like who has it and what they do with it. And in the beginning, and we still do encourage women to tell their story. So if you were to like text black women are for grownups or Boku, um, if you like click on a hashtag or something like that, you'll actually catch people's stories because that's mm. what we really wanted. We wanted women to tell stories about their journey to womanhood. So people have talked about a variety of things. They've talked about, um, you know, what it means for them to like, you know, go push forward with their education. Um, there have been people who've talked about what it meant for them to step into their womanhood and come out as gay to their parents, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's like the kind of like breadth of, of what black women are thinking about and how they're stepping into their womanhood and how they're sharing their journey is like, wrapped up kind of in that hashtag and in that mantra which I really love so um it's really great I'm, I'm really into it I'm I'm super impressed I thank you for sharing those stories and for setting up the foundation because I exactly as you say and you know very much aligned with the ethos of the texture lounge as well it's all about bringing these stories um, I don't even want to call them stories because quite often you think of fiction, right? That these are real, real lives, real people, real people, um, real people's lives, bringing them to the forefront. So uh, I thank you for that. So tell me, how how do you, so you actually call out, you pronounce your acronym as Bwafgu? Is that right? You know what? Like I, <laughs> it's not but you know, I didn't actually give it that. It's I think that you know. <laughs> Like, really, the people did this. Like <laughs> The people. The people spoke. Yeah, the people spoke. I really was like, okay, like, you know, I, it was Black Women Are For Grown Ups, and then I think we, we just put the acronym on the website because we thought it was easier. Yeah, of course. But we really, you know, kind of held had it spelled as B-W-A-F-G-U, you know, like an acronym. Yeah. And then people just started, like, calling it Bwaku. And I was like, is that what we're doing? <laughs> but I, you know, I have, my father is one of our nation's only black grocers. My mother is a black panther. And, Sweet. you know, when I was like kind of having this conversation with the both of them, they said that, you know, the people of any movement, of any campaign, they always like really define it mm-hmm. um, and they will name it. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was really neat that the people gave it this name, but it, it wasn't my idea. But now I call it Bwaku all the time because they do. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. What was it like growing up um, in, in a household where your mother was a Black Panther? Yeah, I mean, my mom, you know, she's, she's like one of the funniest people. Um, but my mom is really, um, she wasn't like hardcore about being a Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I think she like had me and my father was an extraordinary man and he still is who was a black grocer which is really hard he owns several grocery stores okay um, and that is like and he owns several grocery stores in the hood and they were like beautiful stores in the hood uh-huh and they were both really really dedicated um to me knowing black history. So they weren't like overt, you know, like I think when I talk about kind of how I grew up, people are like, oh man, we're like your alphabet's like A for Afro or, you know, and like, <laughs> oh my like God. It, it people. That, you know, like, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't that feel, but I will say like the first books that I read for like the 10, the first like 10, 11 years of my life 
were all by people of color, mostly black people. Um, I will say that my father was like a huge proponent and he was a nation of Islam. And like, I mm-hmm. listened to a lot of Farrakhan tapes. Nice. And, you know, it's like that type of upbringing. And I wasn't in OI and my mother isn't either, but he was. And that was like something that was important for him. Mm-hmm. And my father like all owned all of these stores that were just like, in black neighborhoods and he was a millionaire and they were like you need to push these stores into the suburbs and he would not do it you mm. know like i really believe that like black people have to do something for ourselves and if we can't get it right and do it here why would i go there and do it you know right. like I really want to focus in on us and i just recently read an article of his and my mother and him both share this and they both kind of have these ideals about you know, you may you may win or lose it all, but if you do it for us, it's always a win. Mm-hmm. He's no longer a millionaire, you know, but he like invested literally everything he had into us, you know, yep. and I think that's just so beautiful. And so they're very proud of me and the fact that I'm like doing something that is for us and in a different way, you know, it's just a different time and yep. owning a space, right? But they're like, ooh, you have a website, you know, it's your own space <laughs> and it's for black people, you know, black women. And yes. they're, they're like, they love that. They like relish in it, you know, but my parents were, they were really chill, but very strict on, on a lot of things, right? So like I didn't um, actually grow up with TV or secular music because my mom thought that there were a lot of like negative kind of like images in that. So mm-hmm. when people like kind of play back, you know, seeing Fresh Prince or um, Family Matters or Cosby or what, I don't have those memories at all. Ah, um, interesting. I, yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch TV, which made me like an avid reader, an avid writer at a really early age. So like I've been reading and writing since I can actually possibly remember. Um, and I would sneak and listen to music. So <laughs> I would sneak and listen to Fiona Apple and Faith Evans. They were my favorite. Oh, <laughs> I love that. What a great story. What a great yeah. story. There's no, no wonder, I mean, you are who you are and you're doing what you're doing considering the, the household that you grew up in. I mean, yeah. no brainer. I think that's awesome. Yeah, they're, they're a great bunch. They were, my parents are also wild. So they're, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're very, um, very persistent and you know that they're they're both extroverted i am not okay Um, i'm like fairly introverted actually but both of them are really extroverted so they were always like moving and shaking and i always kind of had this kind of like group of black women who like raised me and took care of me like it it really took a village my parents were like out there got it they were like in the streets like and not like kind of like playing around but just like in it they were serious about what they had to do for our people, you know? And I I think I, like, for a while didn't get it until I kind of got this age and then started doing some things. I'm like, oh, you really have to be, like, in the streets. You have to be about <laughs> it, you know? Like, there's action in the word activist. Yes. So, um, and now I understand them so much more, but I struggled with that when I was younger, for sure. Okay, so you you said that when people ask you if you're in the t-shirt, t-shirt biz, you say no. I mean, yeah. clearly you're doing really well. <laughs> Tell me, like, what is around the corner for you in terms of, like, is merchandise going to be something you'd look to expand later? Or is there anything else that you feel that you're going to launch in order to disseminate this message of uh, black women off for grown-ups? You know, I really think um, a lot of the work that I've been doing is, like, really spirit-led. Mm-hmm. And 
And what I mean by that is like, um, I think I don't like think too deeply about like what's next per se, right? So anything that I've kind of gotten or that came my way is like, it's really from conversations. Like what we do with the, the merchandise, the, the money that we get from like our shirts or our pins or, you know, what have you is we then like take that money and then we'll actually like put it into something we call Project Bwaku. Yeah. When I say it's just like me and my manager, Shayla. Gotcha. Um, hey, Shayla. Hey, Shayla. <laughs> and we have a group of people that work with us, like a group of black people, a black, a black creatives that work with us to kind of put forward different tangible events, right? So um, we have done a pop-up with other black women creatives in which we've created like really beautiful merch. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have like done a movie night where we talked about She's Gotta Have It. We screened it and talked about it and we brought in like two black women scholars to kind of talk about what freedom and sexuality and black womanhood has meant. Um, and we're now working on something called um, the, the Boisco Little Free Library, which we really love. Um, and so we mm. literally have reached out to black women writers and so many people have donated books to this cause. And what we are doing is actually like gathering books by black women writers who then put in a free little library that can be accessed by black women, like across social economic level, just like free. So Nikki Giovanni has like donated to this, like signed copies, crazy. Sweet, Um, (laughs) wow. Like it's like the, the, like Isabel Wilkerson, like, I just can't even tell you, like, it's, it has been, like, Jasmine Ward, like, there have been wow. so many people, Roxane Gay, like, their publishers have just been giving, like, an outpour of books, the actual writers themselves have been given an outpour of books, and then they actually, the writers will then tell me, um, you know, w- which we ask, like, who are the people that, um, that really inspire you, who have, who are Black women and that have written books, so, like, Mm-hmm. It was like my favorite, you know, book by a black woman writer is Toni Morrison, Sula. Yeah. Um, so, and then we match their donation, right? So whatever they give, we then make sure that we give the book that inspired them. Got it. So it's just like a really beautiful kind of measure, you know, and I think that I really don't like to do something twice, right? So, you know, there are a lot of people, they get in a lane and stay in a lane. So they're like, we're focusing on mm-hmm. books or we're doing movie nights or we're going to do parties for black people, you know, and like they just do that for the duration for two, three years. Like I've just been kind of focused on how can we like actually like pop up with something innovative, get it going, put it out there, let it be beautiful. Even if we only do it once and then we move on to something else. dope, you know, like how can we actually just get money and just keep like putting really beautiful money that is funded by black women, which I think is even more beautiful. Yeah. And then we put something like tangible in the world. And we've just been doing it for three years. Um, so I don't know what's next. I know we're, we're focusing on the library. We will launch that um, May 19th or 20th here in New Orleans. And I'm sure that it's going to be a really, really beautiful day. So basically um, you're, you're set to just keep us all on our toes basically. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's how the shirts are, too. You know, I think that I'm, I'm like, obsessed with Carrie Mae Weems. I, I, like, love everything she does. Um, And one of the things that I like that she does is she just kind of, like, pops up with things. She's like, you know, this week I'm going to actually have 
you know, some messages on matches. And you don't even know mm. matches are in your hood. And they say we are our own responsibility and you have to figure it out, right? Like, I just love that. Like, she might have a billboard and you don't even know the billboard's coming. You yeah. know, like, all of a sudden you look up and you're like, Carrie Maylee has a billboard telling us to get our act together in our community. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I actually live for that. Ah, uh, love that. Like that's that's really like what we do, and like we did a week post poster campaign in New Orleans, which was beautiful, and we did it around Essence Fest time, and we just like we posted in the street, Black women are for grown ups, and we put the hashtag Bwaku, and so if you look under Bwaku, you'll see like all of these women who came down for Essence Festival in New Orleans, who were like taking pictures of these posters that were all around town, and they're like, yes, you know, like okay. grown ups, you know, like we just love like popping on the scene <laughs> that's what they call guerrilla marketing just getting out there and just attacking whenever you feel yeah. like it i love it like we just deserve to take up space i'm like black women like yes. we deserve to just take up space and just do what we want i really believe that so as a kid i want to dig deep into your earliest memories so what did you can you remember what you first thought you would be when you grew up Yes, I I literally wanted to be a professor. Um, mm. I had read, I feel like I read something and it was by like, I think it might have been Toni Morrison. I think that she, or and I think it was a bio. I don't think I like read anything by her because I was like really young. Okay. Her work is like hard to, to you know, it's even as an adult, right? It's yep. like, gotta process that it takes time Mm -hmm. but I like read a bio or something probably from one of my parents and he was a professor at Howard and for the longest I was like I want to be a professor at Mm -hmm. Howard (laughs) it was like one of my first things and then (laughs) my mom bought me a typewriter and I didn't even know what Howard was you know I lived in Birmingham Alabama so I you know I was like I don't even know what a Howard is but (laughs) this woman who I think is really cool is a professor there right Um, and I then wanted to be a writer, like seriously a writer. My mom bought me a typewriter and I was on that typewriter all the time. <laughs> and writing short stories, like just writing things all the time, writing my little terrible poems that I thought were so popping. <laughs> and <laughs> like I wanted to be a writer. I, you know, I fell in love with books and I thought it was a beautiful thing. And it's really interesting because I think I like grew up and you know, I'm in education. I taught high school for yeah. so long. I run a teacher residency. Um, and, you know, I think that, um, and I'm a writer, you know, and mm-hmm. I enjoy writing. And so I'm not, I'm not far fetched off. I've kind of always really knew what I, what I wanted to get into, you know? It's, it's so rare to meet somebody who um, remembers, well, not necessarily remembers, but it's still very close to exactly what they dreamt of being when they were much younger. So yeah. like, you are the first person, I think. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, for a while, I mean, you know, the PhD thing really, um, it, it was a, it was a, and, and still sometimes I think of it, you know, um, I think if I could have done it over again, I maybe would have went for my PhD when I was much younger. Okay. Um, but I, be, I became a teacher, you know, like, it's like, that was the route I chose and the programs that I really, really like. I would have to move from New Orleans and I really don't want to. You know, I think like mm. you find a place and it's your home and you love it. Yeah. And you're 33 years old and you're just like, yeah, I'm not like moving to Wisconsin for this PhD. No, right. I'm good. Right. <laughs> like, you know, so 
Um, but I think I battled with that for a really long time. And for a long time, I didn't actually thought, I didn't think that I was doing what I, what I really kind of set my eyes on. But I think now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, like teaching is teaching, you know, mm-hmm. and I really love it. And, um, I read a lot of scholarship. I'm in a, a lot of archives all the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my mentors are scholars and, and, and have PhDs and, all of that. So I still feel like I still very much so get that energy and I'm really informed when I'm writing or putting something out, you know? So, um, yeah, but yeah, for a while I was like, I failed myself. I didn't get a PhD. So I, you know, similar, but not quite the same, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. All right. But if you could go back and talk to your 14 year old self, what would you tell her? I, wow. Um, I think I would have told my 14-year-old self that it is actually possible to be just a writer. Mm. And and what I mean by that is um, I think that when you when we look at a lot of our black women writers, a lot of them actually do have this dual life as educators. So like Nikki Giovanni is a professor, um, Tanya Sanchez, same. Um, Audrey Lord taught, even James Baldwin taught. He taught, mm. he taught overseas, you know, but like usually there's this, um, there's a teach and you write, you teach and you write. And in many ways, the, the kind of engagement with other people and particularly the next generation is really helpful to that process because you're always thinking and wanting to write about the future. Right. But I think that, you know, it, I think it would have been cool for if I had of like, been able to have the conversation with myself that like if you just wanted to be a writer girl it's okay just, it's okay you know and it's still something that's really hard for me to wrap my mind around like very very hard and even the people that I like love and as a writer like even Jasmine Ward she's a professor at Tulane you know so like and she's like the, the national book award winner here you know so it's like I don't know, but I, I think that kind of freedom to just write and to just kind of be a creator and an artist in the world is one that um, I really, really love and, and wish that I was able to tell my 14-year-old self that because I think I may have made some different steps along the way. Uh-huh. Okay. And if we fast forward to today, can you share what perhaps your biggest fear is now? Yes. Um... I really think my biggest fear, you know, and I don't know if it's like having parents that are just so notorious and that have done just such great things, but I think my biggest fear is that I won't, or, or, or like I fear not quite living up to all, all of my gifts, right? And mm-hmm. so what I will say is that I think my parents raised me to feel like, like Black people in particular were for sure morally superior. Um, and I I really think that I have struggled, I think, over the last couple of years and maybe haven't made as big of steps as I would have liked because I'm like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail my parents. I, you know, it's yeah. just like fear of like not living up to all of what all of your potential yeah um, and 
and what that means. So I've been processing that and I think it's it's really hard, I think, in like a kind of social media age and in an age where I think that capitalism doesn't always really benefit um, people of color and in particular black women um, to think about like what the next step should be within that. Clearly, you you are an ambitious person, and I feel like those of us out there who are constantly, you know, trying to not, you know, constantly innovating and have great ideas and, you know, want to change the world and change the perception of things, we're always worried and concerned about reaching that goal and, you know, failing or failing others. So, I mean, I resonate completely with, with what you've just said, and I'm, I'm hoping you happen to take time to just chill out sometimes and unwind. What do you do to unwind? What do I do to unwind? I recently took this test. There's like this sleep chronotype test. And huh. <laughs> I know, I'll, I'll have to send you the link. Please. But <laughs> it literally takes like five seconds and you like answer these questions and it gives you your sleep chronotype. So there's like uh, a bear, there's a dolphin, there's the wolf, and I think that one of them's a lion. I might be messing up with the lion. Okay. But, like, I got that I was a dolphin, and just like real dolphins, dolphins only sleep with half of their brain. The other part of their brain is always on. Sounds about right from what you've just yeah. shared with us. <laughs> All right, dolphin. Right, and so I got this dolphin, and I was like, what am I going to do with this? So, like, you know... I really, really do have to um, kind of like, I have to have a cutoff for myself or I will actually spiral. I'm like always on, always thinking of something. Even when it seems that I'm just like playing on Pinterest, I'm really mood boarding something for an idea. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. like even what I think is playing isn't. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm having fun on Pinterest, but really it's like <laughs> a form of work. Right. Um, but I think one of the things that I really do to like kind of calm myself down or just to kind of chill out is I like to create, I like to like create and set the scene, you know, like I'll light candles. Mm -hmm. um, I have been trying to get more into um, just straight up, just straight up kind of like tradition of morning, like a morning ritual. And okay. so I read this morning ritual uh, and it was by an artist who was talking about it in an, in an article that I really liked that I just happened to roll up on. It was like a Vogue article and it was just online. And um, there's this woman who, I don't know if she's originally from Africa or not, but she was talking about an African, an African ritual where they, um, in Mozambique, like open up all of um, the windows and the doors of the house when the light is coming into the day. So when sunrise is happening um, and you kind of like light incense and, and Palo Santo and you kind of like, um, kind of like enter, like you welcome the light in mm. and you like use the incense to push out any negativity of the previous day. Okay. And I've been doing it and it's really lovely. Oh. Like, it's so quiet, you know, because like it's, it's sunrise. So Usually there's like, I'm not in New Orleans, probably like in a New York or somewhere, you know, like people are everywhere, but like yeah. <laughs> in a New Orleans, it's so quiet, you know, at that time of, of the day and it just feels so peaceful and lovely and I really like it. And then she talked about, which I haven't started doing yet. I usually just jump to me, but she talks about how then 
what you do is actually take care of all the kind of living things in your house after that. Okay. So you water your plants and, yeah. you know, like that type of thing. Or if you have a dog, you like feed your dog, you know, and then you take care of yourself, you know, and it's like, I really don't, I mean, I haven't started, I have lots of plants here, but I'm not trying to water them early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just do the thing and then it's so lovely, but usually I'm still sleepy, so I lay back down. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel really good about it, you know? I think that sounds great. Hey, listen, if I try to do that ritual, which by the way sounds blissful, here in New York City, oh no, that's just not going to fly. That's not going to fly. But the next time, maybe I'm on vacation somewhere, somewhere chilled. I might give that a try. Sounds great. Yes. Yes. It's good. It's good. It's like, it's really calming, especially with the incense, you know? Mm. Okay. So for the culture, let's talk about that. Like, I am so excited by a lot of the things that I'm seeing right now in pop culture. Um, To name a few things, you know, the fact that, um, Louis Vuitton has recently named Virgil Abloh the new men's menswear designer is super exciting. You know, Edward Enenfall, who is the new uh, editor-in-chief of British Vogue. Obviously, all the m- amazing visuals that we're seeing on the big screen through Black Panther, Get Out winning an Oscar uh, recently, Mudbound on Netflix, A Wrinkle in Time. Like, the list is endless, um, this is a good time. This is a good time to live, no? Yeah, I agree. Is there, I, any, is there anything that you're seeing that you're in love with right now? Honestly, I think I'm like really in love with the fact that there are kind of these like pockets that people like. I I really feel like what's happening now more and more and like black women are for grownups, the texture lounge, right? Like. Um, yes. Market vintage, right? Like there, there's so many um, different spaces that I think black people are kind of like popping up with for themselves, mm-hmm. right? So it's like it's like you see something and it's something that you care about, but maybe it doesn't exist in the market. Yeah. Like maybe there is a celebration of like black womanhood, but there isn't a celebration of like a certain type of black womanhood, right? right? So you decide you're going to get together with your crew and you guys are going to ride hard behind that, right? And I Uh think that's really beautiful. So like for the same reason that I maybe didn't like see myself per se and like kind of the black girl magic kind of movement, even though I think it's a beautiful movement, I just kind of didn't see my womanhood in that fully. Mm. Um, And so I created this thing. Like I know that there are, you know, there are people like Yaba Blay, who I think is phenomenal, who does like professional black girl. And, you know, it's really for like the everyday black woman. She's like, listen, like we're magical too. And sometimes like in some of the, um, in some of the campaigns that exist or in some of the movements that exist, it, it may leave out like every day around the way black women. Mm. And she didn't like that, right? So she's like, I'm creating this thing. And I think that's dope, right? And I think that the more and more I see that, the more and more I see, you know, like something like Black Market Vintage where they say, you know, like there are all of these kind of artifacts of our history out there and we should collect them and then disperse them amongst ourselves. I think that's a yeah. really thing. And I think that I have been so inspired about 
how people are thinking about working across like those lines while also like kind of holding fast to what they ride for, you know, like, mm. and I think it's beautiful. And I, I think now that the conversation is, is maybe having to shift to like, not necessarily being like, you know, we all need like a seat at the table or whatever, but just like we can all pull up a chair here. Like, exactly. And like, it, and have our own individual chair. We don't have to like share a chair, you know, like. <laughs> I love that analogy. Give me my own chair. Yeah. It's like, you know, I think that there are like tons of, um, there are just tons of movements for like black women right now. And I, you know, I really want to see us like work together more. Um, even across those like those slight differences, right? But like I, I want to see us like work together more. Like I am not into bamboo earrings at all. <laughs> <laughs> love, love. But I think that it is wonderful for <laughs> Black women who are. And right. me and my little earrings and my minimalist vibe will sit right next to you <laughs> and your bamboo earrings, and we both look cute. You and know, we like, both I, look cute. Yes. We both look cute. Let's do it. You know, like, I I just think that that's like needed. And I'm, I'm really excited about kind of work more similar to what we're doing now. You have a phenomenal podcast. Thank you. Mom woman. And I think this is dope. Like, I think that just the conversations just get me excited. Yeah. And that's it. Like, like it's, it's crazy. I feel like, um, we, this is the first, so to all the listeners out there, this is the first time that Stevano and I have spoken. We have exchanged some emails over the last few months. And I have to say from the very first instance of, of messaging, I personally felt, I don't know about you, but I personally felt a connection. I was like, she is bomb. She is dope. She is cool. We're going to vibe. We're going to have a good conversation. It just felt easy. Um, and I love that. I love that. And I really, I, I truly support what you're doing. And, you know, any, any way that we can help moving forwards, let's pick up, let's pick up the phone and have a conversation. We'll, we'll always be uh, open to it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this wouldn't be the texture lounge if we didn't start to talk about hair. Okay. So, <laughs> so tell me, tell us a little bit about your hair and how you choose to wear it right now. You know, I wore my hair in like a just straight up afro for so long. Um, and I like love that. Mm-hmm. I love that look. Um, I don't know what what made me so sleek. Like I've just been getting it blown out. I don't know why. Okay. I, I have my student does my hair, right? My former student. Okay. Like, you know, a beautician and they all of my former students do everything for me because they're like grown. <laughs> they're like 25. They're married. They have kids. I'm like, you know, what's going Like y'all are grown, you know? <laughs> so they like do all of these things for me, which I love. And my beautician, Jasmine Chanu, who's phenomenal. I have to say her whole name because she's so great. Okay. We'll look her up. I know. Like she's so great. Bella <laughs> Artistry. I love her. She like does my hair and my makeup. And one day she was just like, teach. I just really want to see your hair. She still calls me teach. teach. I really want to see your hair blown out. You know, let's try it. And I was like, okay. Sweet. Like, it's very hard to wear it like that in New Orleans. New Orleans is really, really humid. Yeah. And it rains here a lot. No one ever talks about that. Hmm. But it rains a lot here. Um, and when it's not raining, it feels like it just finished raining because it's <laughs> and hot. Right. So it's like I can never quite wear it 
to sleep like I always want to, but I've been doing it um, maybe for the past few months or so because it's we've had a little crisp in the air, you know? Mm. And so it's been wearable and I've been into it. I'm also like really obsessed with these clip-ins that I have from Better Lens. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and everyone thinks it's my hair, but I'm sorry to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is that what you have in your latest post on Instagram? They are clip-ins. Oh my God, shut up. So good, right? They look so good, so, so good. Okay. They're not even edited. They look good. Like. When people talk to me and then like I'm I'm just kind of like talking about they're like, What are you doing with your hair? Wow. And I'm like, they're clipping. People freak out. They're like, I would never ever know. And because I wore my hair in an afro for so long, yeah. nobody actually knows how long it is. Exactly. So like, wow, hair. And I'm like, they're clippings. But although I will say my hair is like it's pretty luxurious, I'm not gonna lie, on its own. Yeah. the clip take it to a whole nother a level. A whole other level, huh? Okay. Better okay. lens. You only have to get one tag. I think it's like the kinky, the kinky yak, not, maybe not the yakky, it's the kinky one. Okay. And when it came, I actually fussed with them because it looked silky. And I was like, how y'all gonna give me some silky mess? <laughs> See my hair. <laughs> oh my God. And she was just like, wash it. <laughs> uh-huh. That's the trick, huh? Right on out. And I was like, this is bomb. It so, looks good. It looks really natural. That. Clip them in, clip them out. You know, like, I, I really love it. But I know that my days are numbered with it. I know it. What's <laughs> going to happen is it's about to get humid. And I'm going to have to figure out something else. I usually just do braids in the summer. Yeah. It's, it's honestly so humid here that even when you have a fro, it, it just shrinks it and it's all over the place. Yeah. You know, I, I was out in New Orleans last year for Essence Festival, actually. So, you know. so I know. Listen, I as soon as I booked the flights to come out, my head was in braids because I just knew that I was not going to be able to handle my natural hair while I was out there. I just, I just knew it. So I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. So hard. Like I'm like saying it, it's, but you know what? The upside to this is that it, because it's such a humid place and my friend lives in New York and she was complaining about her skin the other day. Mm-hmm. Like your skin is so beautiful. I was like, honestly, if you live in New Orleans, your skin is popping. True. If you're black and you live here, I, I can't speak for the white people because I just don't know. But if you're like black and live here, you know? True. It's true. I mean, I'll tell you what, doesn't do anything for us New Yorkers out here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but here it's like humid, so your skin's popping. It's so good. So some people say that our hair is an extension of our personalities. If your if your hair was a person, how would you describe it? Maybe give me three words that describe your hair. If my hair was a person, uh, rebellious. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Similar to its owner. <laughs> <laughs> for no reason I've always been like that I love it though <laughs> my hair is similar um I would say um happy okay. I have really happy hair good um even when it's pressed or whatever it's just it's like it's healthy and happy which I love but mostly because I just leave it alone like I just don't tamper with it all the time that's the key yeah I'm like let me just let you do you <laughs> Especially the clip-ins, like, really help, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, w- I would say, like, just, um, 
free, I think. Okay, rebellious, but, free, and happy. Yes. Those are yeah. good words. It's definitely, yeah, it has its own freedom about it, for sure. And do you... Once and I let it. Do you look to anyone for hair inspiration? Do you have any icons out there that, that you just look to in terms of trying to figure out what your next doll is or anything like that? You know, I don't know. I don't, I, I spend a lot of time when I'm, I only do this when I'm looking for a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like when I got ready to try to find clip-ins, then all of a sudden I want to become obsessed with all the bloggers. Yes. You know, like I want to be on everybody's page. Like, you know, like <laughs> I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Yeah, I want to like fall asleep trying to watch a YouTube video. Yes. Like, girl, what are you doing? Yes. Like, how, many, how many videos are you going to watch where people put these things <laughs> in their damn head? I'm like, you know, like, and I'm just like, what? let me see if clip ends look different in your head. You yes, know, like, exactly. Too much. Um, but I really can't think of any one person in particular. Okay. There's an actress. Um, uh, I, it's, it's Tiana. Oh, Tiana Taylor? Not Tiana Taylor. I love her. People tell me I act like her, which is hilarious. But, um, like, you have to see me on a panel. I don't believe in code switching, so apparently we're very similar. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I just refuse to do it. <laughs> but, um <laughs> Uh, no, it's like Tia- Paris Parat. Uh, uh, she was in Dear White People. Uh, 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 people tell me I look like her, and that's the only reason I started like looking at her stuff. Wait, 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 wait! I think we're talking about the same person. Maybe I said her wrong name. Tiona. Um, oh my gosh, I know who you're talking about. Like I'm reaching for my phone right now because I know. Wait. And she wasn't, she wasn't dear uh, white people. Uh, yes. Yeah. Are you sure it's not Tiana Taylor? I felt like, Tiana, is, is Tiana Taylor the, the singer? No. No, you're getting that mixed up with, um, oh. No, Tiana, Tiana Taylor's the singer. Tiana Taylor. Oh, yeah, she is. She is. She is. Uh, Tiana like, Paris. Tiana, Tiana, yes. Tiana <laughs> we got there. It's Paris, right? It is Paris. It is Paris. It is Paris. Yes. Paris. People always <laughs> tell me, even my boyfriend said this one day, and I was like, what? I can he see it. I can kind of see it. Really favor. And so then she always has like a natural hair box. Oh, she's so I good. Like, I was like, well, let me see what you're open to. Like, I purchased a couple of wigs that she's had. Okay. Like a couple of natural hair, little, you know, pieces. Because yeah. I was like, well, girl, we look alike. Well, let me grow what you do with your hair. Like, I'm just, like, lazy like that. That's so funny. She's definitely like, somebody that I look at as well. Like, when I, whenever I feel like switching up, she's definitely on the list of, okay, I got I to gotta stalk her page and see what she's rocking now. Because she, she inspires. Inspires. She does. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. So, listen. For those young, remember earlier on I was mentioning that I really wanted to create this platform to inspire particularly young black women who don't think that they fit, right? I I want to, like, if you had some words to say or to speak to those young women out there with textured hair that still don't think that they're beautiful enough or that their hair looks professional enough to rock to school or the interviews or to work, what would you say to them? 
I'm I'm gonna say this. I I think that my privilege in growing up the way that I grew up is that I um I think I don't have I I like don't I've never felt some of the things that other people felt because my parents always kind of put mm. our aesthetic as a people and our vibe first, right? So um I never struggled with like I think the double consciousness that a lot of us do struggle with. But what I will say, um, what I will say is that I think black women are undoubtedly amazing. Mm -hmm. I think in just about every arena, and I mean, people can quote me on it. Like, I honestly think black women make the world go round. Like, amen. it doesn't matter like where we're working, what we're doing. I know that if a place is successful, there's a black woman somewhere who is putting in that work and time. And we usually are getting paid than some, less than some mediocre white man mm-hmm. <laughs> to do it. And so at the very least, you gonna let me wear my damn hair how I want to wear it. <laughs> because you tell him. Would fall apart without me. And mm-hmm. I know that. And you know that too. You know? And so it's like, we don't like actually have to try to like try to like fit into their game, try to fit into what their kind of ideals are because we're running it anyway. You know? Like, I, and I think that there's a way that that like that we can show that from the outside. You know? Like, yes. You know that people have struggled with that. I mean, I've coached like literally, um, hundreds of teachers at this point. And I know people who struggle with that. They're like, I don't want to wear my hair in a way where, you know, the principal may think this or the kids may think it's inappropriate or whatever. And I'm always like, listen, you know, rule number one is that if you can't be yourself, you can't teach anyone. Like Mm. you just can't, you know? And I think a lot of our roles are roles where we are walking into places where we're like teaching and moving and working and doing the damn thing. And like, we have to be completely comfortable in our skin to be able to do that. And other people need to see us like other girls who are coming under us need to be able to see that too. So, you know, I I think the double consciousness is like something that I I can't always like fully relate to. And I'm, and I'm saying that because I think it's a privilege and, Mm. and, and and sometimes in not such a good way, like sometimes I've been very hoity toity about that. Like, Oh, I've never had that. Right. But I'm like noting it because I know that it's something that I haven't personally struggled with, but it is something that I've like helped other people kind of like think through and move through. And I think the more and more we can kind of raise people, I mean, and not similar to how my parents did it because they by far weren't like perfect parents, but like when it came to my image of self and my image of like blackness and what it meant to be a black woman, they were on point. And I think the more and more we can kind of like push that into the world, the better, you know? And I don't know if it's even like just natural per se. Like my mom, when I grew up, when I was growing up, my mom had like a short Halle Berry blonde hairstyle. Oh, hot. Yeah. And she's like very fair. She's bad. She's like in her <laughs> now and she's bad. Like she works out every day. I'm like, I'm out here looking like an Oompa Loompa. You're bad. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on you know <laughs> oh my gosh 
bad, you know? And, mm. but she was like, I'm myself, you know? And mm. her, she was always immaculate and she was always herself, you know? And I think that that like, she was free. She was like, I'm not growing my hair out. And she had the craziest, longest, beautiful black long hair when she was young. And she was like, listen, man, I'm raising you. I'm doing too much. I can't have that hair on me. <laughs> like, you know, like, and I think that, you know, sometimes when we talk about it, I think people feel like you have to like be in this fro or be, you know what I mean? Like, no. whatever it is, feel like you can do that. Yes. You know, like be your full self. My mom was up in there with that platinum blonde, short hair. <laughs> and she was a panther, which is Oh, love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think for me, yeah. the message is, um, it's not, it's, and it's not about being natural. It's not about that. You know, it's really about being you, you know, it's about being yourself and wearing your hair, your hair, however, however you want to. Like, I'm so tired of the whole, you know, relaxer shaming. If you want to relax your hair, it's fine. Do it. Do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? So yes. it's, uh, I appreciate you giving us the example of your mom with her hot blonde hair because um, it's, it's, it's not about wearing your hair in any one specific way. It's about yes. doing you and owning it. And we deserve it. Yes. Like, after so many centuries of actually not being able to do us, like, legally, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, so many centuries of not being able to do us. Like, we deserve to do us. We just deserve it. Go for it. Do it. You know? Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, look. So... I could talk for hours. I feel like I could. we could keep on having this conversation. Uh, there's so much more, so many more doors to open. Um, I want to take you through now to our cool blast round. So this is where I ask you a series of quick questions and you fire back one word answers or a quick phrase, okay? Okay. You ready? Yes. <laughs> Are you a planner or a wing it kind of girl? Wing it. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Open my windows. <laughs> <laughs> Light some incense, water your plants, maybe? No? Okay. <laughs> okay. Name three creatives you want to work with that you haven't already. Um, ooh. Uh, gosh. Uh, Oh, so many. Uh, let's see. Uh, Missy Elliott. I, I don't know why. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't ask you why. I'm, I'm like obsessed with her. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just think the way she writes is so cool. Okay. Um, in her mind, she's so, she's so next level. She's still so popping after all of these years. She's she is. She is. She's still actually ahead of the game, like ahead of everyone else. She is. I agree. Um. Missy Elliott, uh, Tony Morrison, mm -hmm. and Carrie Mae Weems. Okay. Favorite beauty product? Uh, oh, you know what? Right now I'm really in love with rose water. Okay. Are you using that more as a cleanser or toner? Yeah, I, I use it. I guess it would be like a toner, but it's like rose water. And then 
rose water witch hazel and I mixed the both of them. Ah, okay. And I bought like these oval, like kind of cotton things that make you feel really luxurious. I just love it. Oh, <laughs> I love a good pamper session. I do. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Spicy food or not so spicy? Super spicy. Favorite app? Instagram. What's your go-to hairstyle? Uh, clipping. <laughs> <laughs> I should have guessed. I should have guessed. <laughs> what about your go-to hair product? Uh, I think it's like a, I think there are these products called Aunt Jackie. Uh huh. Okay. What are you What are you using from the line? What are you using it for? They're, they're, they have something that comes in a blue, in a blue bottle and it's like a leave-in conditioner. It's so soft. Okay. It's like insanely soft. Nice. Okay. Yeah. We have to look out for that one. Yeah. Favorite music artist? Favorite music artist? Um, Solange. Yes. My favorite. Uh, three items you couldn't live without. Three items I couldn't live without. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're books. on a you're on a desert <laughs> island. I like how I make books. <laughs> One thing. Books. <laughs> <laughs> um, three items I couldn't live without. Jeez, um, I don't know. I I don't. I feel like I could maybe water. Okay. Um, Think, a book. A book, okay. And <laughs> uh, pen and pad. Okay, I'll, I'll let you have that extra one. They'll, they'll come. They'll come as like a, a duo. You know? A combo, <laughs> little combo pack. Okay. <laughs> All right. So tell me, what is your favorite cuisine? Favorite cuisine. Um, I really love any kind of fish. Okay. Like, I love just a good, fresh, blackened and or grilled fish. Yum. Yum. Yeah. Top three holiday destination recommendations that you've been to? Uh, I really love South Africa. Mm, where did you go? Um, I went to Joburg and Cape Town. Nice. And just really loved it there. But I also took this quiz and someone told me that... If you like, it was like a quiz. If you have to move out of America because of Trump, where you should. <laughs> and they were like, if you live in New Orleans, you go to Cape Town. And I was like dying. I was like, maybe that's why I liked it. Uh, so love it there. Um, holiday. I love Cuba. Okay. Loved that too. Love that yeah. place. I need to go back. So good. It was so good. Um, and London. Oh, you've been. Yeah, that's how, that's how I met Nunu. Oh, that's how you met, of course. To London, my first time out the country was to London. Oh my gosh. Ah, awesome. I'm going to have to drop her a message after this to let her know that we, that we connected. Yes, yes. She's so great. She is awesome. She is awesome. Um, okay. Well, listen, the last question I have for you is 
Where can the Texture Lounge followers learn more about Black women are for grown-ups and get a t-shirt? Tell us about that. Okay. So, you know, we only sell the shirt a couple of times a year via our website, which is, you know, which is my website, savannah.com. And there's like a, a link that says shop and they're there. But for all of the listeners, we are actually going to like open it up. Amazing. I am. We're actually going to open it up. We only do it a couple of times a year. We mostly do wholesale throughout the year. So like the shirts are at Schaumburg in Harlem. Okay. Um, They are at Material Life in New Orleans and soon to be at the New Orleans Museum, NOMA. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. There's a, a... a wonderful woman, uh, Carla, who owns Material Life, who's curating some things okay. there. And so uh, they're going to be there via extension of her. Um, yeah, some of our items, not the shirts, will be at We Buy Gold. Okay. Um, and there, because I have a chat book as well. So by the same title as, as Black Women Are For Grown, it's called Boaku. So yes, that sure. makes its way. So, um, but usually from the site, opening it up for, you know, the texture lounge listeners to get the shirts but we usually tell people we have a wait list that's so insane and people just wait <laughs> until we give them the word that the shirts are coming and we let our kind of like list of folks know the night before that we, before we tell the full general public that uh... they're coming out and so everyone like buys them buys them like if you're on the list you get first dibs because they go really quick um and yeah you know that's just how we do it and we do it like maybe four times a year that's awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. So listen, the Texture Lounge listeners out there, you heard it first from, from Stevana. If you want to get your hand on one of these t-shirts, well, why not buy two? Because you know another woman out there that needs one, okay? Go to stevana.com and I'll put the link on the blog, on the article. And make sure you go and get a, get yourself a t-shirt. Um, thank you so much for making this uh, an exclusive opportunity for our listeners. Um, and listeners, while you're out there, sign up to her email database because then you get first dibs whenever any of the, the other items that she has uh, comes back in stock. So you heard that here first. So, Stevana. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you for being this month's Texture Lounge Muse. I'm so excited about it, honestly. Yeah, I'm so excited. This conversation was so great. It was. It really was. I feel like I learned a lot about you. I feel myself. I feel energized. I feel feel like I need to go create something now. I'm such a creative. I can't sit still and... Quite often, I once I feed off somebody's energy and they inspire me in the way that you have tonight, makes me want to go do something. So now I've got to go find that something. Thank you so much for putting me in this situation. Yes, I always feel the same. I'm like, okay, gotta do something. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> uh, so, so to our listeners, you've officially met Stevana and you've heard all about Black women are for grown-ups. You've heard about the movement. As you've heard from her today, she's opening up, up the t-shirt. So as you listen to this podcast today, we should be live with, she should be live with uh, those t-shirts, but we'll put a post up with the article so that you can connect yourself straight to the buy page. So check out more from the interview on the texturelounge.com. Like it, share it, rate and review and see you on the next episode. Yes. So good.